I know the leagues. I know the teams. I know these players. I know this wonderful game called football. It's time for a value bet. Oh, this is when the cream rises to the top. This is when things get up. The largest sports wagering angles you need to know. Stats, records, rankings, weather. If the goalpost is tilted just a little bit. Value bet on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. You can bet your children's unborn children's children on these six games. Value bet. This is America's premier sports information program. Here's Jonathan Hood. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Value Bet. I'm Jonathan Hood, and Value Bet, as always, brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Use the promo code WMVP for DraftKings. Hey, NFL, you got college football, you've got future bets for the NBA, and so much more. DraftKings, use the promo code WMVP. I use DraftKings, so you should use DraftKings as well. DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Well, here we are, another week of college football picks with Gary Seegers from winningcureseverything.com. As we have our conversation, go to winningcureseverything.com. Follow Gary on Twitter. At Gary WCE, he is good to us for Winning Cures Everything and also from uh, BetUS. So let me call Gary Seegers. Let's go down to Memphis, Tennessee and find out his thoughts about the week for college football as we give our four picks on Value Bet. Brought to you by DraftKings. And there he is, Gary Seegers from winningcureseverything.com and BetUS with us here on Value Bet for another week here on ESPN Chicago. Gary, as always, I appreciate your time. Oh, anytime. I'm rolling right now, so I'm going to try and spread as much wealth as I possibly can. Oh, good gracious. 5-0 and on the BetUS show last week. That puts me at 15-4 and against the spread thus far on my official plays on the BetUS College Football Show. Okay. So not too shabby. That means that you're on a roll. That's what that means. That's what that means. <laughs> I know it's going to come back down to earth eventually, and it might be this weekend, but I'm going to enjoy it while I can. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> yeah, you know what? These suckers here just don't understand the beauty of college football. I mean, here, I try to keep things simple in my life, Gary Seegers, but here's the thing that people have to understand. You have more chances to be successful if you bet college football, <laughs> yes. because in yes. the NFL, because it's overfitiated, you don't know what's going to happen from week to week, and the unpredictably the unpredictability of the NFL does sell. But the idea that I can watch college football, get my Power Five bets in, and be over five hundred and be successful and be in the black at the end of a college football Saturday, 
it, it works for me. It always has. Yeah. Well, there's one. There's 130. Well, excuse me, now 131. Now that James Madison's in, once uh, Jacksonville State and Sam Houston State come in, uh, we'll be up to 133, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So um, you've got 133 FBS teams that you can bet on each and every weekend mm-hmm. in the NFL. Each weekend, you have got at most 16 games. And think about all the people that watch this. I mean, obviously, it's the biggest sport in the country, in, in the world, almost. Uh, depends on which numbers you get based on soccer and whatnot. But mm-hmm. uh, you've got all these people that are betting and analyzing specific NFL games. Uh, there's not very much value left when you finally get to game day uh, with with college football. I mean, there are certain games that... You know, UNLV and Utah State is one that I absolutely love this week. Mm -hmm. And there's just not a lot of people talking about it. But there's value on it because nobody's paying attention to UNLV and Utah State. So there's ways that you can find value in college football that you just can't in the NFL. You can send me that pick, by the way. Just text it to me quietly, please. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, all you got to do is go watch the BetUS College Football Show. Oh, yes. I I gave it out on Wednesday. Oh, now, now tell me more about this now. The Bet U.S. College. Tell us about that. Where, where can we find that? And so you can find it over on the Bet U.S. College Football channel on YouTube. Very easy to do. Or the easiest way is just follow me on Twitter, at GaryWCE. But, yeah, we, we do a show on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It's supposed to be about an hour. We always go at least like an hour 20. Uh, but we do, you know, eight, nine, ten games, somewhere around there each day where we do a deep dive and, and we come up with these games on uh, Sunday night, you know, Monday morning, sometime around there, where we find the best value. And and we just tell you exactly what we read into those games. Myself, Parker Fleming, and Kyle Hunter, uh, you know, he's a professional. Of what, he's the, He was the handicapper of the decade for multiple publications. Kyle wow. was. And Parker, at Stats of War on Twitter, I mean, he is just the most in-depth, knowledgeable college football analyst that I have ever been around. Uh, but we all look at these games, and sometimes we come at them from different points of view, but we give you it just unfiltered exactly what we think going into these matchups. And uh, thus far on the season, like overall, we are 36-14 and 14 out of our first 50 picks. That's 72% against the number. So it's, uh, it, it's going really, really well over there. Gary Seegers is the truth, folks. That's why we tell you that uh, we're just blessed to have him on Value Bet here on ESPN Chicago. Before we get into our picks, we're going to have three picks and a rocking chair uh, pondering pick from Gary. Let me ask you this. So on Thursday, the big news in sports was Ime Adoka, the head coach for the Boston Celtics. Um, he's had an extramarital affair. Uh, he is married to Nia Long who is gorgeous, by the way, and a oh, lot. Yeah. He's a, she's, she's a crush of mine and probably a lot of guys, uh, going back to the days of the movie uh, Love Jones, and she's been in so many different roles in her career. And so the question I would have for you, sir, is, well, first of all, what does this do, do you think, from a gambling standpoint? If Adoka indeed is going to be suspended for a year and that's what's out there, I wonder what the number looks like for the Celtics. I don't I don't expect you to have that number in front of you. I'm just asking, do you think that that affects Vegas, that the head coach of the Celtics who decided to do something else with his life um, and throw and had the biggest turnover in his life by throwing away Neil Long, um, uh, what do you think that does from the number standpoint in Vegas? Oh, I, I think it's, it's worth probably – well – this may be an overreaction. I think he's probably worth about 10 wins. The way that he was able to uh, connect 
with those players. Mm-hmm. Like he he absolutely was the driving force behind them getting past the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Like they obviously had done really good things. They built up a good team under Brad Stevens. But yeah, I I think he's worth a ton of wins. We're talking probably ten wins in an eighty two game schedule. Uh, because you you bring in somebody else, and obviously it's going to be an interim person for the time being and whatnot. Sure. Uh, if it was if it was somebody that wasn't worth a ton to the program or to the franchise, then they would have just fired him. But that lets you know exactly how much he is worth if they're not going to fire him and they're just going to suspend him for a season, right? Yeah. I mean, it, at least it makes sense to me um, because I think he is the reason that they made it to the finals last year. Like, do you see the same thing? Yeah, I did see the same thing. Um, I think that he was the driving factor to push that team to get to the NBA Finals. Now they were going to fall short. I didn't. I don't think there's any question about that. But there was a, a, a team was trying to push that ball uphill, a mountain uphill. And so, I guess Gary, um, I guess the conjecture for me is, is that if I'm Brad Stevens, I probably come downstairs. For for a year, if if Adoka is going to actually come back to coach next season, if I'm Brad Stevens, I come back downstairs. I'm just wondering because I've not looked at the totals for the NBA just as of yet because I'll be heavy on that probably next week, the next couple weeks. But I, I I'm interested in seeing that win total, how it affects by the time we get to the regular season because Adoka was a driving force for them. Uh, the team's fine, but without him, will it be as good? I, I'm curious about that. So yeah, I, I tend to feel the same way as you do. I. I don't know about Brad Stevens coming down. I, I wonder how interested he is in, you know, in, in coming back and, and doing anything like that. Because once you get out of that head chair, I don't know that he's got a whole lot of interest in in coming back. Uh, the Boston line, by the way, the, the win total, it's been taken off. So <laughs> you, can't, you can't find it anywhere right now. So no, nobody's able to bet it at this point. Uh, but I would imagine it's going to come down quite a bit from what it was. All right, my friend, we've got some picks to go through here. Um, interesting slate this week. It always is. But uh, obviously for you and I as um, viewers of the SEC, I'm looking so forward to Florida and Tennessee so the number I have in front of me is the Volunteers are a ten and a half point favorite. The over under is sixty two, and so I I look at Florida and I know that their offensive line is strong. Richardson has been inconsistent at quarterback. On the other side, though, I wonder about Tennessee. Um, you know, uh, can they get that running game going against Florida? So how do you see the ebb and flow of this as far as the money coming in and where we are today? Well, so honestly, the money is just about evenly split on it as of right now. But you don't know what numbers everybody got it at, etc. So sometimes that's not always the uh, the best way to look at these things. The scary part about this is, look, my my numbers. I'm not going to lie; they're not always the best. Uh, but these things have been pretty profitable over the years. Mm-hmm. And as it sits right now, uh, I have got Tennessee favored by. <laughs> this is absurd. Uh, Tennessee favored by more than three touchdowns in this game, oh. based on just the raw stats uh, from this season, right? And, and obviously, you know, you look at strength of schedule, et cetera. Tennessee has played a much easier schedule than Florida has thus far. But it's—I'll tell you what I'm seeing as of right now. Uh, Anthony Richardson, I don't think is healthy. Like I, I, I think he got hurt in that Kentucky game. And I don't think he's been the same since. So he's he's not able to run 
uh, quite as well as he was, and I think he's putting a whole lot of pressure on himself to pass. Uh, the way I see this game going is Florida is going to try and run the football, not necessarily with Richardson, but they're going to do everything they can to slow this thing down. I mean, we're talking service academy level. So, oh. Yeah, that's, that's the only way that they stay in this because they cannot stay in an up-and-down game with Tennessee. Like, it just will not happen. And that, that's crazy to think about considering the fact that Florida's won 16 out of 17 straight up, you know, in the last 17 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is – Tennessee is soaring right now with the, with Hinton Hooker at quarterback. Um, but I'll tell you this, like, the running game with the running backs right and small, yeah. like, for Tennessee, that, they could use some work. They're still number 30 in PPA per rush. Uh, but Florida's weakness on defense is the running game. And I don't know that Tennessee is going to run it enough um, to get a push and have success throwing it, right? Because Florida's biggest strength on their defense is their pass defense. I think they've got some good corners that can actually cover. And it sounds like Cedric Tillman, the uh, the wide receiver for Tennessee, sounds like he's not going to play this weekend. Uh, so there's at least a little bit of an advantage there. You know, while my numbers say that it's over three touchdowns, I am so iffy on this one. I, I, I'm... Obviously, I'm staying away from it. If I had to take a lean, I would take Florida because I think that Tennessee is going to play just a touch tight in a situation like this. Um, but man, like, <laughs> which? How, how about this? Hmm. Tell me which way you would lean on it. I would lean Tennessee, uh, and I will take the emotion out of it. I'll take the emotion out of it, and I will just chalk up Florida as young, and this will be an experience for them. I like Hooker as their quarterback. I think he's been fantastic. Um, oh, yeah. So, so. Uh, I'm I'm wondering if there's value in the total from Tennessee for being able to run that number up or get it close. So, so here's the issue: that the total is in the low 60s right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, my projected total on it is 57.51. Uh-huh. Um, but here's the thing: if it goes the way that I just told you, uh, where we think Florida is going to slow this thing down and try and keep it close, um. Then, yeah, that's that's going to be it's going to be tough to get into the sixties if yeah. Florida is holding on to the football. Like if they have any success running the ball, then this total may not get close to it. I look at this as a experience for Florida and Tennessee runs away. That's what I see. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> now, even though I root for the angry Tennessee post game uh, from Tony Pasilio, I'm not going to get that. So. Uh, Tennessee, I think, runs away. That's where I believe it's going to happen. I do agree with you on this. I think Tennessee wins the game. Yeah. Uh, do they win by more than 11? That's where I'm a little I'm a little conflicted, right? Because if, if Florida is successful in slowing it down, then, yeah, it's going to be tough to, to win with margin. Um, but it would not surprise me at all to see Tennessee actually, you know, just blow them out of the water when they get the opportunity. Uh, let's go to the covered wagons of the Midwest here and talk about Notre Dame. Notre Dame against North Carolina. I have the number, Gary, as uh, the Tar Heels are a two-point favorite, where the total is 55-and-a-half. Uh, what's so funny, and I'll, I'll pull the curtain back, the constant text messages that Gary and I have together usually involves North Carolina. Uh, they could be on ESPN+. Plus. They could be hidden on some Jefferson Pilot channel. Uh, but we find North Carolina football. And so North Carolina comes in, Gary, 123rd in the nation defensively. And that's why we love them when it comes to the total, because they always are going to give up a lot and they've scored a lot. And on the other side, 
here's the big question I have for you. Notre Dame, can they score? I mean, the accuracy of Payne, uh, Pine as a quarterback, I mean, I think yeah. the running game will be fine, but can they score? Can they keep up with North Carolina? That's my question. I don't believe that they can, um, but, but that's not to say that they can't win this game, right? I think their team total sitting around somewhere like 20, 26 or so. Uh, I might look at like a Notre Dame team total over in this game, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they can keep up with North Carolina. If you look at uh, the predicted points added margin in this, uh, it, it's not good for Notre Dame at all. Uh, North Carolina, as of right now, their offense, their PPA offense per drive is number 15 in the country. Uh, their defense is number 116, but it is completely flip-flopped for Notre Dame. Uh, it's number 116 PPA per drive on offense. And on defense, it's number 71 PPA per drive. Mm-hmm. So Notre Dame's defense is not as good as North Carolina's offense. And North Carolina's defense and North, uh, Notre Dame's offense are just one and the same. I mean, both of them are equally bad. So I look at the, I, I'll tell you. My number on it, just based on raw stats from this season. Now, of course, strength of schedule has to play in, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I've got Notre Dame, excuse me, North Carolina by double digits here. And I look at it, like my total is at 50.9, but I've got North Carolina winning it uh, 30 to 17. No, excuse me, 33.8 to 17.1. So I've got North Carolina by, by 17 points. Now, I know that... Playing Ohio State is different than playing Georgia State, etc. Sure. Uh, so I don't have that tied into it yet. All that stuff goes in uh, around week five or week six or so. Um, but just based on raw numbers, looking at this, I don't know that Notre Dame has anybody that can keep up with Drake May. Like he is, he is something else. And here's the other part of this: this is a, a prime time ABC three thirty p.m. Eastern time kick, and it's at North Carolina. And you know Mac Brown understands the importance of Notre Dame coming into that stadium, especially when they're weak, because none of the the big wigs that have all the money care whether or not Notre Dame is weak or not. They care about whether or not you win the game. North Carolina had a bye week to sit back and figure out how to scheme against this Notre Dame defense. I think they're going to put up a bunch of points. I I think North Carolina wins this game, and I kind of think they win it handily. Yeah, the Tar Heels win the game. I was looking for some value there, because, but I'm afraid of the total. Like We're not going to get some of these, uh, that, a big number from both teams like we've seen in some of the other North Carolina games. So no, North Carolina wins the game, Gary. That's how I see it. Exactly. That's, that's exactly the way I'm looking at this. Arkansas takes on Texas A&M. And my family's from Arkansas, and they are sitting are, are probably around, uh, around a listening device right now. And champing at the bit to find out what we're going to say about this game. Oh, yeah. So, um, I see the total here at 48 and a half. I've got a and I don't know if you got one and a half. That's what I have. The latest I saw was Texas A&M favored by one and a half. Um, how do you see this matchup? I bet this on Sunday night. As soon as the line came out, I got Arkansas plus two and a half. Now, it has gone... Uh, you know, down to two and then down to one and a half, et cetera. Yeah. I think the wrong team is favored in this situation. Oh. Uh, I don't I don't see any reason why Texas A&M should be favored 
over a team like Arkansas right now. Arkansas's weakness on defense is their secondary. And we know that Texas A&M has not been able to throw the football. Like it, It's not like A&M has not had games where they've had to do it. Uh, they needed to try it against App State, and they couldn't get it done. Then they swapped quarterbacks last week going up against Miami, and they still couldn't do anything. They would have lost that game if it hadn't been for a fumble early in the game on a punt return that actually gave them a short field where they could just run the ball into the end zone. Like That really was – they got outgained by Miami by 130 yards. Like They still didn't get 300 total yards offense in that game. Like A&M has got major – major issues here and and i've got my number has arkansas favored by eight in this fight oh like, i think arkansas is really really good um and look a and m the problem that a and m has they've got all the talent in the world but they're only averaging 52 offensive plays per game like there's more talent there but there's not enough chances to show it like alabama and ohio state etc have shown you that if you've got more talent than the other team you want more plays to where you can actually showcase that talent because there's more opportunities for them to actually bust the play open and, and score you know, in an explosive manner. And for whatever reason, A&M does not do anything like that. I guess one thing in A&M's favor is the fact that Max Johnson makes less mistakes than Haynes King. Mm-hmm. But you're also looking at being even less explosive than you already were. Haynes King, his average depth of target was over 10 yards per pass. Max Johnson's was like six yards. So it's it, they're, they're not taking any risks with him, etc. If you're not doing that, then you're not taking advantage of what Arkansas is bad at on defense, where, you know, Catalan, the uh, the defense back, is out for the year now. Um, they're they're going to sit back and they're going to let Drew Sanders, the Arkansas linebacker that transferred over from Alabama, they're going to let him get in the backfield. And he's going to get sacks, and he's going to disrupt what they're trying to do on offense. And Arkansas, with Kendall Bryles, the offensive coordinator, I believe he's going to be able to run the ball down their throat because I don't think that A&M actually has a pretty good uh, rushing defense. I mean, they're number 48 PPA per rush on defense right now. So I I think Arkansas is going to be able to take advantage of this game. Uh, It'll be very similar, I think, to what they did last year where they got up 17-3 to and then they just sat on them. So that's that's how I'm seeing this. I like Arkansas in this by a lot. It's uh, really uh, the conundrum of how – Without hyperbole, Arkansas's pass defense is one of the worst in the nation versus a team that's got 208 uh, yards per per game passing. Um, are you sure Texas A&M is an SEC team? You sure with that? That, does, that don't sound the right, talent, does it, Gary? Hey, the talent would tell you that they're an SEC team. <laughs> you sure? I'll tell you, the Arkansas number where people are looking at, you know, number 131 and total passing yards, you know, they're dead last. Yeah. Well, it, we we got to pay attention to who they've played and what the game situations were like. Okay, uh, against Bobby Petrino, yes, they gave up a lot of passing yards to Missouri State, but that was a sandwich spot. You know, look ahead to Texas A and M. They were not super interested in that game, especially after two pretty difficult games against Cincinnati and South Carolina early on. If you look at what Cincinnati and South Carolina are doing on offense, both of them want to throw the football, and both of them were behind by double digits. You know, relatively early in those games, so they had to throw to be able to get back in the ball games. It's it's all based in context, right? You have to look at these things. Uh, I think that Arkansas. It, don't get me wrong; it's not a good secondary at all. But I don't think it's dead last in the country. Uh, I think that they can get some stops when they need to. 
but I also don't think that A&M has the tools to be able to take advantage of it. Are you in your, your rocking chair? I need you to do some theorizing. Oh, yes, sir. I am I am rocking back and forth in my chair as we speak. This is the rocking chair theorizing. We've got to get a furniture company to sponsor this segment. Um, <laughs> because I just, if this is a theory, I don't necessarily need a pick, but I would like for you to help me with Baylor, Iowa State. Now, Iowa State's a two-and-a-half point favorite, the over-under 45-and-a-half. Uh, could you tell me um, where the money came in starting on Monday and where we are today? Uh, as it sits right now, we have got uh, – it started with a ton of money on Iowa State early. Mm. Uh, now, this thing's back about 50-50 because a lot of people have bought back in on Baylor, uh, and yet the line still sits around two and a half in favor of Iowa State. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little confused at the movement. Uh, it doesn't make sense from a sports book side based on the, where I've seen the money come in. But it's – I mean, it, it's an interesting movement for sure. This is a – this is an interesting game. Before I dive into it, I want to know what you think about this game. Um, well, I was confused by the line. That's that's why. <laughs> that, that's the thing I was wondering about. I'm, why can't Baylor win this game? That's that's the first thing. I put my win horse fingers up and I say to myself, "Hmm, why did they do that? Why can't Baylor win this game?" And I kind of believe that I'm leaning toward Baylor for this one. Uh, I don't see the value in the total. I think it could be low, but that's my that's my gut reaction. That's why I want you to rock back and forth with me to figure out what this is. I feel like Baylor straight up could win. So I I do agree with you. And Baylor can absolutely win this game. Uh, Chris Felica, you know the bear from College Game Day, yeah, put out an interesting stat that said lines that are between you know minus three and a half and plus three and a half. Uh, Iowa State has been in seventeen of those with Matt Campbell as the coach and he is five and 12 against the spread. Like he does not seem to do well in these really, you know, games that are expected to be tight. Uh Right. Uh, you look at some of the trends, Baylor 19 and seven against the spread, their last 26 against teams with a winning record. Uh, along with that, Iowa state three and seven against the spread after a straight up win, which is what they're doing. Hunter Deckers came in the quarterback for Iowa state and has looked absolutely fantastic. Like, he has got some kind of a connection with Xavier Hutchinson that, I mean, they are just lighting it on fire right now. But you got to pay attention to strength of schedule, et cetera. It, how, what would this line be if Baylor had hit one of those field goals against BYU <laughs> and actually won the game in regulation? Right, right. right. Yeah, right. exactly. So, and that, that's, I think we talked about that last week when we were talking about BYU and Oregon. Yes. Like, what would that line be if Baylor had hit that, you know, if Baylor or if BYU had gone into Oregon with a loss, would that have been a double digit line, or would that you know? Uh, and it's the same situation here. Uh, would Baylor be favored in this spot if they didn't have a loss? And I kind of think that they might be. Uh, Iowa State, you know, it, it's great that they finally got the Iowa you know monkey off their back. Yes, right. They finally won one. Another winner, by the way, on value bet. Yes, another oh, yeah. winner. Yes, another winner. <laughs> But I, but I look at this Iowa State team, and and I don't think that they are uh, overwhelming. They're not dominant. I mean, there's nothing about them that that shows me that they should be able to come out and, and dominate Baylor, right? Uh, Baylor's offense is not great, but they're pretty good running the football. Uh, the, the question that I've got here, I guess, is Blake Shape at the quarterback. We kind of saw... 
against BYU that they did not trust him down the stretch in, the tight, in a tight ball game at all. Uh, they ran the ball 13 times and only threw it four times at the end of the ball game when they had a chance to, to take it in and, and win the game. Uh, last week, I mean, they I forget who they played, but they won, you know, 69 to 10 or whatever it was. They played an FCS team. Yep. Um, but they they really tried to get Blake Shapen uh, more action. And and he was able to hit, you know, some deep balls, et cetera. They, they really uh, got some work in with him. Does that translate here? If I had to play it, I would play Baylor plus two and a half because I think they are significantly better at the line of scrimmage on both sides. Uh, but just based on raw stats and whatnot, uh, my number is Iowa State minus 2.26. Uh, I've got them winning 21.97 to 19.71. Hmm. So at 22 to 20, basically. And my total is 41.68. So it, it is not that far off. Uh, it's actually an under, really. Um, but man, I, I'm going to stay away from it because I, I need to see these two teams in a bigger situation. Hey, and how about this? Hmm. If Iowa State wins this game, they're undefeated going to Lawrence, Kansas next week. Wave the wheat. All of a sudden, Kansas is something, huh? How about that? <laughs> Unbelievable. Hey, that was another. Uh, that was another one. I think we talked about for a little bit last week about Kansas. Yeah, loved Kansas last week. Um, that's what you know. We talked about uh, college game day and this and that, and they uh, they decided to go to Tennessee this week. Uh-huh. And but I believe Reese Davis was the one that said, you know, we just need to see a little more out of Kansas. And then you know we'll we'll make that trip to Lawrence because Kansas has never hosted. That's right. one of the uh, the eight Power Five teams that hasn't. Um, if Iowa State wins here, and if Kansas finds a way to beat Duke, regardless of you know whatever the score is, undefeated Iowa State at undefeated Kansas next week, I, I think we might get College Game Day in Lawrence. Yeah, and I think that'll be fun. I think that'd be really oh, fun. I love it. The, oh. the and and by the way, the over is already cashed. Uh, on wins, so all right, all right, cash that ticket, pal. So I'm all you good with Kansas. Right. Hey, my over on uh, on Vanderbilt already cashed as well. So not too shabby. Hey, if I can get Arizona to upset Cal this week, yeah, I will have an over on uh, on Arizona as well. So not too shabby for the uh, for the teams that did not play so well last year. So you see smiles everywhere, guys, because it's college football, and this is what we do on Value Bet. We're giving you the best plays. We're giving you winners every single week here on Value Bet with Gary Seegers from Winning Cures Everything. And don't forget Bet, Bet US as well. You'll have your Sunday morning chapel show, won't you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I will. Yeah. I I may not go to sleep on Saturday night. I uh, <laughs> no, I know. Well, I first be, of all, well, 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 first of all, I know that's the case because – I texted you, I want to say, maybe 1.30 a.m. Central, and you're still up uh, oh, yeah. as, as Herm Edwards gets fired on the field uh, at Arizona State. Yeah, we were, we were talking about Arizona and uh, Arizona and North Dakota State. Uh, of course, I was up watching that one yes. because I've got a ticket on Arizona, right? So, uh, so I'm watching that one, and I'm watching Arizona State as uh, Eastern Michigan comes in. Chris Creighton, by the way. Uh, constant road cover as an underdog. Absolutely love it. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm up all the time. And this week it might be, I might just not ever go to sleep this week uh, because I'm going to be at Steve Martin and Martin Short on Saturday night for a little while. Oh my and, God. Uh, and then I've got to come back and rewatch the games that I missed while I was gone. So 
yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Oh my god, <laughs> I, it was it's so fascinating. I was like, I wonder if Gary Seeger's up. And I said, hey, there's Eastern Michigan getting the job done. And there's Herm Edwards fired on the field. And you're yet like, yep, yep, that offensive line's that way. He's up. It's 1.30 in the morning and he's up, just like me. So you got, oh, another, so you got another sicko, just like you, staying up uh, early Sunday morning catching those, those West Coast Pac-12 games. It's awesome. Oh, it does make me feel better about myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, Gary WCE, that's where you uh, find him on Twitter for all the information that you need. As always, my friend, thanks for spending time with us here in Chicago. Oh, you know, it's always my pleasure. I appreciate the time. And, uh, and yes, make sure and check out that BetUS show. That's where the, uh, the official plays are, of course, that I give out each week. But, yes, I, I have a blast talking about these games with you. Thank you very much, my friend. Oh, anytime.